perspectives on addressing business aviation's workforce challenges from three leaders who have gone above and beyond in establishing their place in our industry. From the National Business Aviation Association, this is Flight Plan. I'm Rob Finfrock with your trusted source for business aviation news and information. Of all the challenges facing our industry, perhaps none is as vexing as the need to develop and nurture the next generation of business aviation professionals. For a fresh approach in addressing this issue, I'm pleased to welcome today three industry leaders who have earned accreditation through NBAA's Certified Aviation Manager Program. The CAM credential acknowledges qualified professionals committed to continuous development and higher standards of practice in leading flight departments and organizations that use business aircraft. We'll begin with Scott Rogers, CAM and Aviation Department Manager with Cryogenic Processors. Scott, before we look to the greater hiring situation in our industry, how has CAM accreditation helped you address challenges in your career? A long time ago, I had a principal tell me, Uh, The company was going through some restructuring and doing some layoffs. And he told me, he says, no one is an essential employee. Everyone can be replaced. And I've never forgotten that. And what I took from that is that I had to take certain steps in my career to establish myself and make myself competitive into the future and ongoing. And that's one of the main reasons I thought that pursuing a CAM certification would essentially solidify me or establish my place in in the industry. I'm finding that my peers are recognizing that and acknowledging that achievement, not only within our company, but within the industry, other other managers or other people, they see the the CAM next to your name and they recognize a certain level of achievement with that. My companies also let me know that they appreciate the fact that I'm, you know, continuing to better myself and do something proactive for the company to establish a higher level of service and accountability. And it's really a win-win for everybody. Carrie Wicht, CAM, is aviation manager at Harley-Davidson Motor Company. Personally, I feel that the accreditation makes me more valuable to my employer. It makes me more well-rounded. I would say that it helps me see and understand the big picture I'm able to wear many hats and fill in when needed, and I'm not as focused on my own little corner of aviation, which is scheduling. So I think that that helps me see the gaps in our industry and advocate for for what is needed. My third guest is Lisa Archambault, CAM and Vice President, Facilitator, and Strategist for Service Elements. How has CAM accreditation helped you in your career, Lisa? I have some maintenance experience. I'm, I'm a pilot, and you know I've, I've been scheduling... But the CAM brought it all together and just gave me a much greater depth of knowledge so that when we're working with our clients, they see those three letters and they know that it's not just a surface level uh, of knowledge. And so it really kind of helps me with that. And of course, with our teams, because it's it's a small company, so we all work together to develop programs. But it's also helped me just get out there in the industry more. I've met so many people oh, you're a CAM too. When did you take it? Or people who are interested in in becoming a CAM. And so it's just helped widen my network, which is, of course, great professionally for moving ahead. But it's also a way we solve problems, you know, like because you hear about one department's issues and then you hear uh, someone else's solutions. And so the more networking we can do, the better we can actually help other people as well as ourselves. We'll pick up on the importance of networking and addressing workforce challenges in a moment after this message from NBAA. 
NBAA Flight Plan listeners. Your podcast is ready everywhere. You can download it from iTunes, ask your smart speaker to give you a listen, or hear it in any car with Apple's CarPlay. NBAA Flight Plan, available anytime, anywhere. We're back now with Carrie Wicht, Scott Rogers, and Lisa Archambault, and our conversation about addressing our industry's workforce challenges. Lisa, you mentioned how CAM accreditation helped you expand your professional network. I'd imagine workforce and staffing issues are a frequent topic of conversation. What tips do you have for navigating those challenges, especially in this era of high personnel turnover? You know, there's a litany of things that have changed because of COVID, including the issues that you've mentioned, you know, the um, return or the heightened staffing issues. You can't do things the way that you did when they were hired 10 years ago. And it's important that they know that as well. Sharing, making sure you share vision and keep people engaged. You know, talking with another uh, department manager and she said, you know, she's very good about shielding and she's very proud of this, very good about shielding her team, her department from basically from the executive level, from these changing needs and from these, you know, high demands and, and all of this. And she said, I really just want my people to concentrate on their jobs, flying the airplane, maintaining the airplane, you know, dispatching the airplane. But the problem with that is the department wants to be in on it. We as people want to be useful. We want, we're passionate about doing much more than just our jobs. Our jobs are not just to fly the plane there, maintain it. Our jobs are customer service. And so people do want to be in on that and share that vision. And we also, you don't have to shield them from difficult tasks because we want challenges. So it's okay to share that with your team. It's not just okay. It's, it's kind of necessary to bring them along and keep them engaged. And as far as changing management styles, people might say, well, no, I am who I am. But it just might just mean like having more conversations with your team. You know, what are their ideas? How, you know, how, how could things improve around here? What are their challenges from their view or their perspective? Again, we hear from so many people, hey, we're so short-staffed. I don't have time to do that. But the problem is if you don't take the time, you might lose people because you don't really know what's going on with them. Scott, what are your thoughts? You know, the current environment we're working in, most people in the aviation industry recognize it now. There's, there's a staffing issue, not just pilot shortage, but mechanics and everybody in the industry. And it's just simply because of the vacuum at the top. They're pulling our talents from corporate and maybe 135 operators up to the up to the airlines and because of that you know we're having to find ways to staff our operations with often less experienced people than we may have looked at before and there's a there's a fine line there of of these less experienced people you want to help them get in the industry you want to be able to mentor them and bring them in but you can't rely on them too soon for too much because of their experience level. So there's this fine line that you have to balance on of when do you put someone in that PICC? When do you advance them up to another level? In the interim of that, in order to keep that talent, because you may not be able to progress them as quickly as they want to, or even you want to, but to keep them in your flight department and not become a victim of them being pulled up, you know, to another level, you have to entice them and you have to give them opportunities of some other secondary training or opportunities such as for pilots. Maybe you send them to an international operational school or you send them to upset recovery or you give them these opportunities to improve their own resume of course, there's a fear there that you're going to train them to a point where someone else will hire them away from you. And if that happens, it happens. I mean, one of the things that I think 
having worked my way up from the bottom at, from, at, you know, from early years, one, one of the things you want is to kind of empower them, give them the opportunities that they're seeking. And many of them will appreciate that and, and try to find a way to, you know, stay and repay. There are those that, that may not. But to retain the talent long enough to actually take advantage of it, you have to invest in them at some point. And you take the risk of training them beyond your operation, but you're kind of paying it forward. Scott, thank you for, for naming that because I, I think empower is the word and that's the type of flexibility we're, we're talking about. And you're right. It may cost you more. You may lose them, but you may lose them if you don't offer those things. Carrie, how else can we address the current staffing difficulties in our industry? I agree with investing in the employees. I feel that that is such a huge thing to do for your employees and your team. Show them their worth and keep pushing them to make themselves better, which in turn will also make your team stronger. I would say another key thing is patience. It's tough right now. You know, everybody's looking for pilots and just hanging in there and trying to find the right fit for your team. And that leads right into the other side of that issue, Carrie, attracting more workers to business aviation. Are we doing enough to bring the next generation workforce to our industry? What can we do better? There are some corporate flight departments that are starting to use interns more, in turn, you know, offering them on-the-job training, and then once they finish up with school, offering them a job then back at the company. There's always, like, a ton of work that needs to be done, you know, from book work to editing manuals and having an uh, intern, you know, that's teaching them on-the-job training, and it's also helping you out. I think it's important that as corporate flight departments that we get out there to to the local high schools, to the trade schools, to the universities, try and invite them in and show them what corporate aviation is. Another thing is NBAA has their mentoring program. This would be a great way for you to give back to the industry and, and help find more people for us. Lisa, what do you think? I think, like Carrie said, internships, we're seeing more and more internships where businesses are intentionally going out to local high schools and and trade schools. And I think the key is an intentional program. You're not just bringing them in and saying, well, yeah, we can always use more work. The really successful ones I've seen have actually said, okay, well, they spend this much time in, in the maintenance shop. They spend this much time, you know, in the dispatch. They rotate through different aspects of a corporate flight department. And then some will go, you know, further even either, like uh, Carrie said, and offer them uh, jobs or offer them scholarships. Because if you're getting them in high school, if you can, you know, offer them scholarships or, or training or something to go towards their college, that further cements the relationship. And kind of like the previous issue we were talking about, you know, it's an investment and it's money. But if they come back to you, then it's a huge reward. And if we've just turned them on to business aviation, it's still a huge reward, even if they don't come back to your department. Scott? I don't think it's possible to do enough right now to attract that that next generation. There's going to be a gap of several years, this, this vacuum of talent that we're going to have to get through before those that are just now getting the interest in aviation will actually get to the workforce or get into a position to enter into corporate aviation. It's going to take a while. There's there's going to be a vacuum. But I think that the way to get to them is the younger, the better. That's the challenge is how, how do you spark that interest in, in them at a young age? Because if you get to them at a later age, they've already 
been influenced by other careers and that they've found their way to this either either because they have an aptitude for it or because something else didn't work out and this is you know they didn't have the drive and the fire necessarily to become a maintenance technician on a you know an aircraft technician or a pilot not that that's a bad thing because that's kind of how I ended up <laughs> getting into it is it was a second a second career for me i think it's important to get to them at a young age and i know Oklahoma, which is where we're based, the state actually has a program where they go out to the high schools and they get to the high school kids and they have this educational program that the state sponsors into the high schools. And I think that's a great way to do it. And if there's volunteers that can give the kids their first flight and spark that interest, I think that's the best way to to get to the next generation. Speaking of the importance of education, Scott, what can those already in business aviation be doing to learn more skills to help them in their careers? Aviation, as in most industries, has a variety of different ways to get educated. There's the formal education, which almost everybody gets to some degree or another, whether it's college or trade schools or flight schools. Then there's secondary education, such as on-the-job training Formal education is what most people would think of when talking about avenues of establishing a career. You got to go get that base education. And no doubt, they're instrumental in developing a knowledge base in whatever field. But it's really only a starting point. As an aviation manager or someone that identifies industry talent for hiring or engaging with third-party vendors, the formal education is a baseline to work from. In those cases, the formal education simply checks a box that they're qualified. But when I evaluate talent, whether it's pilots or maintenance technicians or vendors, I look for what they've done since their baseline training. Have they continued with some sort of personal development as it relates to the industry? And are they actively searching for opportunities that will broaden their experience? Again, whether it's as a pilot or a maintenance technician or whatever, those broadening experiences outside of the baseline education are really what they're going to draw on when it comes time to work for us. If they have experience that's not necessarily directly related to what we're doing, but they have these sideline experiences that parallel, those will eventually come in and benefit us in the long run. I think that the secondary educations have a lot to do with getting outside your comfort levels. You're taking on new challenges or or forcing yourself into a new learning environment, which over time makes you more comfortable with a wider variety of knowledge and experience. Lisa, what educational opportunities do you recommend? I'm a big fan of knowing where you want to go. So, you know, in other words, if you want to be the director of aviation, if you want to be, you know, where is it that you want to be? I want to be, you know, head of safety, head of security, you know, where do you want to be? And then talk to people who are there mentors, in other words, and it doesn't have to be, you know, the the NBAA has a great mentorship program, but it could also just be connecting with someone, especially as a cam, like I said, one thing that has really helped me is it's just opened up a huge network. So, you know, when people ask me, hey, you know, I'm looking to be this, my first thought is, oh, you know who you should talk to? And I know our industry is, is full of people who want to help, who want to give back. The education that you need really depends on the role that you want to play. So the CAM is one, and I highly recommend it to anybody who's interested, but you don't need to stop there. Find out where you want to be. Talk to someone who's in that position. And I don't mean, you know, in your company necessarily. It can be anyone, you know, halfway across the world. Find out what they did to get there. And if you talk to a couple of people who've 
you know, this is how I became aviation manager. And then you start to build your educational resources so that you follow sort of similar paths. Carrie, what do you think? I have done a few PDP courses that are offered by MBAA, just recurrent training through Universal, uh, Jeppesen, just anywhere where I can continue to learn more. I I really do think, though, what Lisa said, like, if you find your path, you know, what you want to focus on, that'll make it a lot easier to find these educational opportunities. You need to have a plan and a focus as far as where you want to go. There's so many different paths you can take within corporate aviation. One of those ways to kind of narrow down maybe where you want to go is to attend a conference, an NBAA conference. The base conference has so many educational sessions that you can attend. And by attending one of those sessions, that might give you the spark that you need to kind of narrow down where you want to go on this corporate aviation journey. Carrie just mentioned NBAA's Professional Development Program, which helps business aviation professionals advance in their careers by preparing them for management roles within their companies. Learn more at nbaa.org PDP. And for the latest developments about the evolving workforce and hiring situation across our industry, check out nbaa.org workforce. You can also learn more about accreditation as a certified aviation manager by visiting nbaa.org cam. And that's the latest from the National Business Aviation Association. Remember, you can subscribe to all Flight Plan episodes at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts, including by asking your virtual assistant or connected device. Of course, you can also download Flight Plan directly from nbaa.org. I'm Rob Finfrock. Thanks for listening, and join us next time for a new episode of Flight Plan. Flight Plan.